Hello. You are listening to PCAST Empowered by PCAL, a podcast highlighting the creative work of our students, staff, and faculty here at the Potter College of Arts and Letters on the beautiful campus of Western Kentucky University in Bowling Green, Kentucky. I'm Terrence Brown, Dean of Potter College of Arts and Letters, and we are so glad you are listening. Thank you for taking some time out of your busy day to connect with our community. I am PCAL. You are PCAL. And we are PCAL. Listening to PCAST empowered by PCAL, and I'm Katherine Wilson, coordinator of music education and graduate studies here in music, and I am the host for today's show. You were just listening to one of our beloved adjunct professors, Melissa Keeling, play Sweet Child of Mine with effects on her flute. How are you doing today, Melissa? Well, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast, Catherine. Hey, thank you so much for being here. I was going to ask you, did you make the arrangement of Sweet Child of Mine? I did make that arrangement. Um, The backing that you were hearing, everything besides the melody, I pre-composed and played in a program called Ableton Live, and I triggered those pre-recorded sounds, and then I played the melody on top. And since it has that repetitive guitar um, melody, um, I think it works really well as a looping piece and then uh, a nice background to solo on top of. Thank you so much. So you do some unusual work as a flutist. You use electronics with your flute playing, and I notice you incorporate some other instruments. I'm curious, who had the greatest impact on your career as a flutist, and is there somebody in particular that got you started in this? I can think of a whole constellation of amazing people in my life that have um, really led me to where I am today, and I'm so grateful for all of them. Um, I guess it's a real 
really all began with my mom, who actually was a piano major here at Western back in the 70s, and uh, of course has a profound impact on my life and still is my biggest supporter to this day, of course. Um, there are two flutists that I saw both here at FAC, at the Fine Arts Center at WKU, that are just incredible artists, Robert Dick and Rhonda Larson. They both, what struck me at the time, I was in high school at the time, what struck me about both of them was, first of all, they're just phenomenal instrumentalists, but second of all, they both write their own music, which was not like anything I had ever heard. Rhonda Larson being a woman, that was especially inspiring to see another woman composer. Um, her music is both virtuosic and beautiful, um, but so fresh and contemporary. And Robert Dick, also a legend of contemporary flute techniques and the inventor of this glissando head joint that you might have heard in that opening bit, um, he plays avant-garde and jazz and world music, really everything. It's hard to put a label on it. And then you have artists like Ian Anderson with Jethro Tull and all kinds of guitar players have all influenced me so much. So you mentioned your sliding head joint. Will you please just show us what your sliding head joint does? Will you play it for us? Yes, and for all the listeners out there, I'd like you to envision a whammy bar on the guitar, if you're familiar with that on the electric guitar, that's what this is emulating. And it allows me to bend notes pretty easily. That sounds awesome. So I'm just, I'm sitting here thinking about all of this and it seems like you really had to push the boundaries of your comfort zone to get into this. Did, when you started getting into this, did it feel like a, a big relief and, and a way to express yourself or were you intimidated by some of the equipment and some of the sounds and I guess, how have audiences responded or the flute world responded to your playing? I have just, I'm just curious about all these things that have to do with your comfort zone. Yes, to all of that. <laughs> so um, I graduated from Western. I have a music education degree, which I'm extremely grateful for. Um, and at the end of that degree, um, I was feeling unsure as to what I would do as a flutist, as a performer. Um, and... I went to my boyfriend's house at this time. Now he's my husband, and he's a guitarist. And I saw him playing with his pedals and having a lot of fun. And I thought, well, wouldn't that be great to do on the flute as well? Maybe I'll have a lot more fun in my own flute life. And, and so it began. Um, I'll never forget the first time I heard my sound coming through the amp with delay and distortion. It was the strangest moment of destiny. It was like a movie thing where you'd like see sparkles and all this. Um, the only other time I had had that experience was when I saw Robert Dick performing here at Western. And I was like, I'm going to be a flutist and play that kind of music. So th this was my only other moment of destiny. And it was similar. It, it, I felt like, wow, this is, I can see the potential, but I have no idea what to do with this yet. 
So uh, then how did, how did this open some creative doors for you? Because I don't think you were into composing or arranging until you got into electronic music with your flute. Oh my gosh, this has been my voice of creativity because I just had felt so stuck. Um, and all of a sudden, I was like, wow, all those things that my professors were trying to tell me about, now I understand how this all fits together and helps you realize your vision. I mean, I had the music theory courses and the arranging courses, but for the first time, I was like, well, let's do something with this. Like, let's actually do something. And while the flute is an amazing instrument on its own, having the electronics is almost like having an orchestra at my feet. Um, and so I was thinking about things like, well, what can the flute not naturally do well? How can I use the electronics to bolster what this instrument does? For example, you can normally only play one note at a time. It's a monophonic instrument. That's pretty limiting. It makes it easy to play melodies, but what about harmonies? So you can use an effect called a harmonizer to make chords. As a flutist, thinking about <laughs> chords was way outside my comfort zone. <laughs> that was a whole new world for me. Um, how, can I, how can I create rhythms? Um, how can I put these disparate pieces together um, to make something with... Um, depth. It's an instrument that plays on the higher frequency range, so I can also use effects to get more lower frequencies, like to play bass lines. That's also outside my comfort zone. So, I mean, to help learn that, I've studied a little bit of electric bass, just to give that perspective. But um, it was both ex an exciting process, but of course, very, very frustrating. Um, because it was new, but I was so brought me so much joy that that I mean, I think frustration might not be the best word. Um, it, it was a challenge. It's like one of those fun Sudoku puzzles. Uh huh. <laughs> um, so that it was a fun challenge, and I was just having so much fun with it that um, I just continued to grow in all all directions, and still do to this day. So I'm wondering if you can show us what a singular note sounds like on the flute and then use your harmonizing pedal to show us what it sounds like with the harmonizer. Because that is a brand new thing for any instrument that can only play one note at once, that you might actually be able to do that. I want to hear what it does. And without effects. Um, like, for example, I've arranged Debussy's Claire de Lune with a... Um, a third harmonizer because he writes in parallel thirds so frequently and, and in that piece in particular. So it just works perfectly for playing with effects. And with a little delay in there, it gives this reverberant echo as if those harmonies are suspended in the air. Um, one of my favorite originals I've written to so far is a piece called Tilt, um, which... Um, I use lots of contemporary flute techniques like circular breathing, um, overblowing harmonics, and uh, also, of course, the effects pedals. There's looping in there, um, not as a central component, but more as to provide a little bit of backing for the B section. Um, 
there's delay and reverb in that as well. Um, and interestingly, that piece started as a warm-up that I designed after I got out of school. I didn't have as much time to practice anymore, so I designed a warm-up to hit all the bases I needed to hit to warm up in five minutes. And after a few months of playing that warm-up, I was like, you know what, I kind of like this. I think this is a piece. And it was really beautiful how it just organically came to be instead of sitting down and like looking at that blank sheet of paper like, I'm going to write a piece now. <laughs> so it just felt like it was given to me by above. So um, that's awesome. Can you could you play for us a tiny piece of like your favorite section of tilt? Sure. Would that be okay? Absolutely. So I'd love to hear something that you have originally done, you creative soul you. Yes. as influencing future generations of flutists. That is just such a huge honor to even consider that. And uh, on a personal level, I'm just seeking joy in my music making. So to think about being an influence is, I'm just really grateful and honored by that thought alone. Um, I guess my hope would be that future flutists will feel empowered and encouraged to make their own music, too. Um, there is so much wonderful flute repertoire um, that flutists study when they pursue a music degree or pursue playing, being a flutist. Um, and as I, we continue into this 21st century, um, I think there's room for everybody. I believe there's room for us all. Um, and what makes that a beautiful tapestry of musicians is hearing everyone's individual voice. Um, and your voice will be influenced by all the things in your life that you love, musical and otherwise. Um, like, for example, I love rock and roll. I love avant-garde flutists. And so thus you end up with Sweet Child of Mine arrangements and pieces like Tilt. Um, and while I hope others might be interested to play some of my music, I hope even bigger than that, that they will make their own. And I can see where using the electronics can really expand your repertoire as far as diverse repertoire, world music repertoire. It's, it just, to me, it's just absolutely exciting. So you were mentioning that you're going for the joy in all of this. So fill in this blank for me, if you would, please. 
I couldn't imagine living without. The time and the freedom to explore my own musical desires. That is such a gift, and I don't take it for granted. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, outside my, my family and all, you know, my friends and all of, of course, those things I couldn't imagine living life without. But musically, lacking the freedom and the space to make this kind of music, um, I don't know if I would still be actively performing today if it weren't for that opportunity. Okay, and I am curious about this as an artist, and you play in lots of places, and I've, she, um, by the way, Melissa has over 2 million followers on YouTube, and she performs in many places, but what words from others really encourage you the most as an artist when you hear them? Honestly, if I just hear that someone listened, that means an unspeakable amount. To me, that's what it's all about. It's, of course, on a, you know, a selfish personal level, I get lots of enjoyment from hearing myself play, of course, but knowing that someone else listened, it's like the tree falling in the forest um, metaphor. I care if you listen, and that means a huge amount to me, and that's a huge encouragement, was just that you listened. I hope that my music could give someone a bit of the joy and peace that it brings to me. Um, that would, that's the biggest honor of all. So through your music, you're going to make the world a better place. So thank you so much, Melissa, for being with us today. And can you tell us where we can find you on YouTube and social media? Sure. Um, My website is melissakeeling.com. I have a YouTube channel. You could search my name, Melissa Keeling, or my channel name is Sonic TV. It's spelled S-O-N-Y-Q-T-V, a little play on words there. And uh, on social media, at underscore Melissa Keeling, I would love to connect with you on the internet somehow, some way, so please get in touch with me. Melissa, again, thank you so much for joining us on PCAST, Empowered by PCAL. I'm Katherine Wilson. I hope you all have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining us for PCAST, Empowered by PCAL. We hope you will join us for future podcasts. PCAL is home to the visual and performing arts, the humanities, media, and the social sciences. Our departments include art and design, communication, English, folk studies and anthropology, history, modern languages, music, political science, sociology and criminology, theater and dance, and as well as the School of Media. If you would like more information about our programs, please visit us online at wku.edu backslash pcal. From our entire pcal community, we extend our warmest wishes for a wonderful and fulfilling day.